Hey, it's Pastor Jeffrey Graff with Faith Family Church Next Gen. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this message brings truth, clarity, and hope to your situation. God loves you very much, and I hope you feel that today. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, what is up, YA? Man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready to run through a wall right now because of our worship team. So awesome. So, hey, give a hand clap for the worship team. Man, that was so good. And not only that, but, wow, okay, I'm really ready to run through a wall. I'm just kidding. Hey, not only that, but man, who know that Pastor G can play the drums so good? Give him a hand clap, man. He's a man of many, many talents. But man, why it is so good to see y'all. First off, before I hop into my sermon, I just want to take the time to say thank you so much for coming here on a Tuesday night as young adults, uh, prioritizing God. Nothing gets me more fired up than that and seeing my peers and people coming to church on, the, on a Tuesday night. It's just so awesome to see y'all. So hand clap for yourselves. Y'all are so awesome. Thank you for coming. With that being said, uh, before I hop into my sermon today, I actually have a story to tell you. Um, for some reason, I am very vulnerable with my stories to y'all and SM. I don't know why. I could have probably picked a more like secure uh, story to tell, but this one's kind of just out there, and it's, it's out there, and it's stuck there, so I'm just going to go with it, but man, when I was younger uh, in my J-high years in junior high, how many of y'all love the J-high age, right? Me, Louis Vuitton belt, strapped up, <laughs> Edgar haircut, ready to roll, right? I was ready, and uh, <laughs> I was uh, trying to be a cloud chaser. That was, another, that was the thing, right? So here I am in middle school, and there was like an unwritten rule, and it was to never go number two in a public school restroom, Amen. right? Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. I feel like Jesus himself should have just wrote that in Matthew somewhere, like, hey, don't use a public restroom at all in, in school, okay? Well, here I am uh, carrying that message all the way from J-High all the way up to high school. Now, as you got older, the pranks started happening where, like, they would, like, throw, like, wet towels and if they found out you were in a restroom, or they would, like, spray, like, red, you know that red Mio or Mayo, whatever it's called? The little juice, they would spray it like all over the urinals, like you like peed blood or something, and it was just whack. So you'd go in there, and that's, it was just dirty. That's why you couldn't use it. That's the whole point of why you can use a public school restroom. But in high school, I actually ate something really, really bad, okay? Really bad to where I actually had food poisoning, so feel sorry for me later. Not now. But I had food poisoning, and if you ever had food poisoning, you know when it hits you, man, you got to run. You got to go somewhere, Right? And so here I am, my freshman year of high school, in my only pre-AP class where I had no friends, right? All the pre-AP guys thought I was just this lame that was so annoying, class clown. That's who I was. But the pre-AP kids weren't my biggest friends. It's okay. I love them now. They're still my homies way back then. But anyways, I was struggling with my tummy ache, and I was just holding it, and I was like, come on, God, like, just get me through this, this day. I had no workouts today. I could just go straight home, Bambi's restroom. I'll figure out what's going on there, but just let me, just let me make it through the day. Well, I go like 15 minutes, and then my legs start shaking, and I start sweating, and here I am. I'm like, man, I, I really got to go. Like, and the, the one thing I was thinking of is like, man, I'm such a bad person because I think I do this whenever people leave, and in, in school I did. I would realize how long they were gone to go to the restroom, and I'd be like, ah, you just, you just took a dump, right? No, I'm just kidding. But it was, I would do that. I would just be like, ah, oh, you just used the restroom. You just went number two, right? And it was like embarrassing, but it's because it's such a vulnerable thing to go number two. I feel like it's normal, but it's vulnerable. But here I am. Uh, just, I just booked it to my teacher. I was like, ma'am, I got to go potty so bad. Can I please go use the restroom? I'll be back really quick. And this was a teacher that only gave out one pass to go to the restroom. So she gave me one pass. So if, some, if old girl 
has to go, or if some dude wants to go hit his vape in the restroom, they're going to have to wait, okay? Because I got to go, right? And so here I am. I get to the bathroom pass, and I'm like, okay, five minutes max. I'll just say I went in, uh, peed, washed my hands, got some water, talked to my friend, then came back. Good five minutes, right? They would never know, right? So here I am. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, whenever you, like, know you're about to use the restroom, it hits you even harder, Harder, right? So here I am, like, limping out, like, all right, let's go. So I, I go on this little jog to uh, where my poor toilet was about to get demolished, and I'm running over there, and uh, I get to the toilet, and I didn't think I was going to make it. I thought I was going to, like, just lay out on the floor, and whatever happened, happened. I thought I wasn't going to make it, but I got to the restroom, and I, to be honest, I was, I was brave. I just ran in the first stall I saw. Imagine if it was covered in Mio red, that had toilet paper everywhere, you know, someone probably didn't flush because that was a cool thing to do. I don't know why, but some people did that. So I picked the perfect first stall, and it was so beautiful. There, and it's, and it's prime, just white. It's like glowing, like Jesus sent it himself. And I was like, yes. So I, you know, I, I just do my thing, right? I go to the restroom. And there's just this big wave of relief. You know, you know how it is. When you just, you're like, man, I've made it. Like, life is good. I'm here. I'm alive. I could have been laid out on the floor with crap down my back, but I wasn't. <laughs> but here I am, right? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I make it. I have this relief. So as I'm relieved, I, uh, I'm like, okay, let's check my time. Three minutes. Let's go. Let's, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to roll. <sighs> man. The second I just had relief, I go, you know, to finish up, and there's nothing there, and there's nothing there. Guys, there was not even a cardboard roll. Like, someone took the cardboard and went crazy. So, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, and I'm very, I'm in a predicament. I'm in the biggest pickle you think. There's a million things that run through my head. Number one, I'm going to I'm gonna have to be naked and afraid and, like, scoot to the other stall and hope there's toilet paper there. Number two... I be very vulnerable. I ask for forgiveness later, and I call on my friends and be like, "Bro, I'm sorry. I broke the rule. I need you to bring me some toilet paper." Or, or, or three. I just stay there for the rest of the day. I don't know, and just hide. Well, all those options were out the window, and I just the main thing hit me was I didn't have time to. I didn't have time to to have one of my friends come because they knew I was going to go number two. Like if anybody was counting time, they knew that when I got back, they're like, "Oh, you know, like you were gone for 15 minutes. I know what you're doing." And so I was just really afraid, really scared, ended up building some courage, prayed about it. Just kidding. Uh, no, I was crying about it. And I called one of my boys up, and they came and brought me toilet paper, made fun of me, uh, just very vulnerable in my life, part of my life. I was naked and afraid. And uh, long story short, make sure that doesn't happen to you. It's the worst thing that could have happened in my life. But <laughs> the reason, you might be thinking, like, Corey, what is, what is worse than that happening in your life? Well, to be honest, there's nothing worse than that at all. There's nothing worse than you not having toilet paper in a public restroom where God knows what's going to happen, okay? But I made it out. I made it out. But not for real. But the reason why I tell that story is because sometimes when we are comfortable and relaxed in life, we tend to stop looking around. And when we stop looking around, we, we miss out on the big valuable thing that's not there in our life. And in that case in my life, the biggest valuable thing in my life was a piece of toilet paper and it wasn't there because I was so relaxed. I was so calm and I stopped looking around. <laughs> but today, I'm sorry, I could have picked like a better story. I don't know why I do this with y'all, but I just do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyways, guys, that's the rest of my sermon. I'll see y'all later. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but the reason why I tell that story 
is because sometimes when we get comfortable and relaxed in life, we stop looking at essential things. But today, we are going to read about the parable of the ten bridesmaids and how when they got comfortable, they forgot to pack some very, very essential stuff. Not toilet paper, but oil, okay? We're going to go, before we hop into the verse and before we start reading together, I'm going to pray really quick because I feel like I need some cleansing to do. So let's do it. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this amazing day. God, I pray that this word falls on soft soil, uh, not shallow soil, not hard soil, but a soil worth growing a plant on. And Father, I pray that these people in here are just falling in love with you and they seek your word and that they apply it when they get home. Not just hear it, but apply it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to start in verse 25. You got the underlined parts. It says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10, let's try that again, like 10, there you go, bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were, five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. See, there's a lot of things to notice here. I'm sorry, it's a lot of scripture. But notice how there is 10 bridesmaids. There's 10 of them. That is a lot of bridesmaids. And the crazy thing is, five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. But what separated the foolish from the wise was the oil. And what does their oil have anything to do with this? Well, see, oil is symbolic for the spirit of God. And this passage, what it's getting at and what it's saying is this. It's saying, if we don't keep the spirit alive on the inside of us, we will burn out in our faith just like their lamps burnt out in the story. See, so how do we, how do, we do this? How do we keep extra oil? How do we pack extra oil so we aren't burnt out in our faith? Well, the only way to keep your spirit fresh and to keep extra oil is, number one, to keep the word close. It's to keep the word close. That's the only way we can access our spirit because God's word, man, his spirit living inside of us through his word. And so keeping the word close is you getting rooted in God's word, which is the Bible. It's you, getting, it's, it's you get growing your roots, digging deep, and planting in your word. It's you going to the Bible before your social media, before your friends, before your family, before your boyfriend, before your girlfriend, because you're rooted. And why is this so important? Because all of us have a consistent battle between our spirit and our flesh. And let's be honest. Our spirit wants to do the right thing, but our flesh doesn't allow us to sometimes. And it can kind of be like this. Imagine there was two big, vicious wolves right here, okay? I'd pet one, probably, but I would let both of them hang out. And there's two wolves, right? And one wolf represents your spirit, and one represents your flesh. Now, if these wolves had a battle every single day and fight every single day, and you only fed one more than the other, who would probably win? The one you fed the most, Right? And this is how our spiritual and, and flesh battle each other. And sometimes we can realize we feed our flesh a lot more by what we consume on TV, social media, Instagram, your friends, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, some people who aren't godly. And next thing you know, you're wondering, man, why did my flesh win this time? Because you're feeding it the most. And a lot of the times we don't keep the word close enough and we don't keep it rooted because we don't go to it when the first thing. We don't feed it enough. And the only way you can feed your spirit is to keep the word close. So feed it the word. Get it close in your heart and, and, and dig deep and understand it. But maybe you're in here and you're like, Corey, to be honest, I've heard that before. I go to church. I've heard get close to the word. I've heard the word does miracle things. But how do you, how do you, get, how do you keep it close? How do you get this done? Well, I want to ask you a few questions. And, I, and it's, I want you to use your mind. Open your mind up. I want you to ask yourself, how do you keep your phone close? You keep it on you, right? How do you build a, a friendship? How do you have a close relationship with somebody that you don't know? 
You get to understand them, you like them, and you want to get closer to them and have a great friendship. Not only that, but how do you have time to hang out with the friendships that you create and all that? And how do you have time to get on your phone? Well, listen, this is what I'm trying to say. If you keep the word on you and you get it and know it and understand it and make time to read it every single day, then you're ultimately going to grow closer and be close to the word. It's just like, it's just easy, man. It's easy. And where you start at, if you don't know where to start at, is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels. Read about who Jesus is. Read what he did and came to do in your life and see how much he did for you, man. He laid down his life for you on the cross. And if you read that more day in and day out and you keep the word close, your spirit will ultimately grow extra and be, and be fruitful. And not only that, but Jesus will start to work inside of you and you'll start learning more and more about him. Amen? See, there's more to this story. After the bride's um, fell asleep, they were suddenly awakened by a loud, shout, a lot, loud shout of people, and they were like, what's going on? So they wake up, and they hear that the bridegroom is coming, right? He's coming back. He's on his way, and this is what we're going to pick up on. Verse 7, it says, all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him as a marriage feast. And the door was locked. Later, the other five bridesmaids returned. They stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. I don't know you. See, okay, sorry, I'm reading you a lot of scripture. But when we read this, there's so much to cover. There's so much to see. But the main thing that I want to point out is back to my other point. If we keep the word close and we truly believe the word for what the Bible says, I'm a, I'm a believer of the Bible. I believe that Jesus and, and God wrote in the Bible and that's his word and everything that's in the Bible, I believe God said. I'm a Bible believer. Therefore, something about in the Bible that says that sometimes we kind of leave out and if we really keep the word close is that Jesus is coming back for his people at one point. Jesus is going to return, and he is going to take people who were wise and not foolish, and he's going to take them with him into a room, and that's, that, that room might be is heaven, and he is going to return. So if we keep the word close, we have to wake up to the point that Jesus is going to return. Okay, It's time to wake up. They were asleep, and then they were suddenly awoken, but it's time to wake up, because Jesus is going to return and come for his people. And why I say we need to wake up to this fact is because Jesus is returning, and if he is returning, we have to keep this in our life. It's important to keep this by your side. It's important to keep this in your relationships. It's important to keep this in your friendships, uh, in, your, in your families. But not only that, but it's important to, to keep it in your witnessing. Whenever we witness to people, whenever we show people, we're not, coming, we're not becoming lethargic. We're not becoming lazy. But we understand that Jesus is, is coming back for his people. And we don't, we don't keep that in our witnessing. And it's actually a pretty scary thing. See, there's a pastor I read about his story, and he had a big story about this stuff, and he had, a, he had a dream, and he starts talking about this dream, and he said, man, when I was in my dream, there was trumpets, there was loud noises, the clouds part, uh, parted, and uh, Jesus was floating down, he was coming to give us, he had a dream about the revelation, right? He was coming to get us, and uh, as he was going up, he saw his family going up with Jesus, going to heaven, he saw his friends going up uh, to heaven with Jesus, and it was just a wonderful day, he thought it was real, and he kept hearing, pastor, 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 and, he, and he, he, it's so loud that he has to turn around. So he turns around. This is all in the dream, by the way. He turns around, and he sees one of his closest friends that he had his whole life standing there behind him, and he wasn't going to heaven with Jesus. He wasn't going he to heaven with a pastor either, and he's like, pastor, 
Like, we played ball together. We grew up together. We went to school together. Heck, we even worked the same job, and you still didn't have the guts to tell me that this was how it's going to end? And as he was going up, he, he just felt so much sorrow, and, and he felt so bad. And right before he could even say anything, he woke up. And he said from that day on, that was his biggest fear to not witness to people that Jesus is going to return. His biggest fear to not, to not tell his friends and his family and, and, and all this stuff about, about how Jesus is going to return. And time is slim. Time is very slim. Man, we can be asleep. And when Jesus comes back, Jesus can come back in five minutes. He can come in 10 minutes. He can come in 10 years, 1,000 years. We have no idea when he's coming back. But if we stay awake and keep extra oil on us and keep the word close, then I promise you, we will be ready for his kingdom to come, right? And not only that, but one thing that they mentioned that we need to wake up to is in verse 7. Uh, in verse 7, we can, we can bring it back up. I'll, I'll read it again in verse 7. It says, All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. And not only that, but the bridesmaids tried to borrow somebody else's oil. And if oil is symbolic for the Spirit of God, that means they were trying to borrow somebody else's relationship with God. And not only that, but some of us in here, if we're not awake to the fact that, hey, man, we, we have to have our own relationship with Christ to get to heaven. Some of us are asleep to that fact. And, and to be honest, there was a time in my life where I was asleep to that fact. I was asleep to the fact that, hey, there's a one-way ticket to, to heaven, and it only has my name on it. It doesn't have your pastor's name on it. It doesn't have your, your friend's name on it, not your family's, not somebody who prayed for you over church camp, not somebody who prays for you every single day. It has your name on it. And to be honest, sometimes we fall asleep to that fact. And I've been there too, man. I've fallen asleep in my life where I think I can live off my best friend's faith. I think I can go take some of his oil. I think I can take some of my pastor's oil, right? I'm in, the, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in my pastor's sermon. I'm listening. I'm praying over people. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But guess what? Actions don't get you into heaven. Who you listen to doesn't get you into heaven. Your relationship gets you to heaven. And I kind of think of it like this. Kind of funny, but the Polar Express, right? There's a big train that comes by. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. It's, it's true. There's a big train that comes, and they drop this ticket off with your name on it. And it's this golden ticket. And what this, this train does, yes, there's this annoying fat kid that likes hot chocolate, but he's going to go to heaven too one day, so he, you might see him on the train ride up there. I don't know. And anyways, there's this golden ticket that you get, and it has your name on it. And eventually, you hop on the train, and go to this wonderful place where they have an amazing Christmas. But what am I saying? I'm saying there is a, there is a, there is a, there's one ticket that has your name on it and for you to get to heaven. So I want to ask you, do you have an extra oil to get that ticket? Do you have your own oil to get that ticket? And if not, just remember to keep the word close and to, to stay awake to the fact that Jesus is returning and it's our relationship, me and his relationship, you and his relationship that'll get you into heaven. Amen. Amen. So after reading this parable, I started to think about both sides of the story. I don't know about you, but I, I, in school we, we, we talk about reading and digesting and, and understanding and looking at both sides of the Bible and, and what to say and what to do and just trying to, to digest it a lot more. And as I was reading this, I started to think about the five who were foolish and the five who were wise and what separated them. The five, the, the, all ten of the bridesmaids, they weren't like bad people. None of them were thieves. None of them were murderers. None of them were, were backstabbers, unfaithful. None of them committed adultery. None of them were like that. They were all the same. No one was distinct. No one was out of the picture. Everyone was, was the same. There was no context of them saying they were different. So I started to think about it, and I started to realize what separated the five who were wise and the five who were, who were, who were foolish. The oil, obviously, right? 
But the thing was, I started to think about the five foolish, and they had good intentions to bring the oil. They had all the intentions to bring the oil. They brought oil. They just didn't bring enough. Same thing with the other ones. They, they, they brought some oil. They brought extra oil because they didn't know when, when he was returning, if he was going to return late. He was prepared. What am I saying? I'm saying this. I'm saying good intentions sometimes aren't enough. Good intentions are sometimes not enough. And guess what? Sometimes we can have good intentions. Sometimes we can have a great plan. But ultimately, we don't want to take that work and walk it out and, and carry the extra oil with us and do this. So what am I saying? I'm saying it really takes work to follow Christ. It really does. It really, really takes work to follow Christ. If you think about this, and as I was reading this, you know how annoying it probably would have been to go to a wedding and carry a lot of extra oil? It would have taken a lot of hard work. You know how annoying it was to probably make some money to buy that extra oil? It probably would have took a lot of hard work. What am I saying? It takes a lot of hard work to really follow Christ, and that good intentions aren't always enough. See, there's an example of this that I saw. It was actually a really, really cute story. And uh, I'm going to close the story. Last story, I'm sorry. I, I did, what, the, the poop story? I did the, the, the Polar Express, all this stuff. Okay, now I'm, last story. But as I was reading the story, um, I felt like God was just, like, talking to me. He's like, bro, this is, like, something you can use. And I was like, wow, okay, this is something I should apply in my life. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So I'm reading this story, and it's talking about good intentions. Well, there was these two little girls, right? And they were, um, they were little. They were, like, five, six, seven years old, uh, somewhere around that age. And they lived up north. And up north, it's not like Texas, it snows, it freezes, um, there's a lot of bad weather up there. And um, as they grew up, they saw their daddy always getting up at 5 a.m. to get the snow and the ice off their windshield and get, their, get his truck ready to drive safely uh, to work, and he had to get up a little extra. Well, the daughter saw that all their life, and they thought, hmm, one day, I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier with my sister, put on our big puffy jackets, and go clean off his car for daddy so he doesn't. So he's okay, right? So he, so he doesn't have to wake up early, do him a, a good deed. Well, the only tools they knew that what worked, or the only tools they saw was they grabbed big metal shovels. And they went to his car and woke up early, and they started shoveling all the, all the snow off with these big shovels, right? And I forgot to mention that dad just got a brand new truck. So he's, they're scraping off the snow, they're having a fun time. They're like, man, we're doing so good. We're doing this, we're doing that. Man, dad's gonna be so proud of us, man. I'm so excited I get to do this for him, right? Good intentions. They keep scraping and scraping, and then now it's time for the ice. Well, they didn't know what to do. They thought, you know, you hit the ice with the thing, so they start hitting it. They start hitting the door handles and everything, so it opens up. And if you aren't careful and you don't really work on a car, if you pour too hot water on the windshield, it cracks. If you, if you, if you try to yank your door open, it's too frozen, it'll break the door handle off. It takes work to do that stuff. And they thought they were doing such good things for their dad. And then the dad heard so much noise. He's like, what's that noise? So he comes out, and the daughters are like, ah, you know, super happy. And they're like, look, dad, I, I did this for you. I, I, we, we shoveled your car off for snow. We got the ice. You're all good to go. Go make your lunch. Have fun. You know, and these little cute girls. And the dad takes a closer look at the truck, and he sees that there's shovels in their hand. And his heart just breaks. He's so sad. It's his brand-new truck. It's his baby. And he has scratch marks all over it. The paint is chipped. The, there's dents in the car because they're trying to break the ice. And they realize that dad's pretty sad. He's pretty upset. And the kids see that, that it, they messed up his car. And this whole story just ties into, man, good intentions sometimes aren't enough. Sometimes we can have such good intentions with God, like go to church whenever we're hurt and not go to church whenever we're rejoicing. Sometimes we can read our Bible only to know enough to come to church and not be made fun of or not be judged. Sometimes we can 
go to God and just do bare minimum and, and just get by and not do enough. And yes, it's good intentions. God says read your word, but do you just read John 3.16 and pass it on, or do you do other things? And not only that, but how the story ended was my favorite part. The story ended with the kids crying, and they went to their dad, and they're like, Dad, we're so sorry. I didn't mean to ruin your truck. I didn't mean to do this. And the dad was sad that the truck was ruined, yes. But one thing that he never said that he was that the girls was mad. He never said that he was mad. He never said that he was, he was going to ground them. He never said anything like that. He said, thank you, girls, but take this and learn from it. Take this and, and see that, yes, good intentions were good, but you have to learn that this really damaged my truck. And how this can correlate to our life is sometimes we can do things that, that we think are glorifying God and, and, and making our life better for God, but in reality, sometimes we're hurting it. Like, like you might be going to school and, 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 and doing this and that, and you might minister to people and leave out some important things. You might pick up your Bible and, and not read the important things. You might, uh, you might not show grace. You might show, not show love. Whatever it might be, you might be damaging your, your, your life for God instead of really helping it because you have good intentions, but good intentions aren't enough. And if you really, really work hard and read the Bible, it kind of ends just like how this story ended with the daughter and his dad. See, the daughter never said that he was mad, or the dad never said he was mad. The dad kind of picked him up, brushed him off, and said, I'm not mad at you. I'm not angry with you. I'm not upset with you, but I just want you to learn from this. And that's how God is with you. I know Jesus Christ did not come and die on a cross for God to be mad at you. I know that God did not send his only son to come die a gruesome death to be mad at you. No. He's asking where you're at. Man, I, the last time I checked, my God leaves a 99 for the one. The last time I checked, my God was in, in the garden and said, where are you? Not, hey, come here. He said, where are you? And in your life, Right now, as long as you're breathing, you still have breath in your lungs, as long as you're waking up every single day, as long as you get a new chance and Jesus hasn't came and shut that door yet, you still have a chance to get right with Jesus. You still have a chance to pack up your air. And not only that, but man, God has so much grace for you. I don't know about you, but I guarantee you, you and I want to be invited to that party. God is coming home for his people. Jesus Christ is coming home for his people. And at the end of the, day, end of the day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And I promise you, you do not want to miss out on that party. And guess what? It's right here. He's giving you a warning. He's saying, this is the slap on the wrist saying, hey, don't be like these people. Pack extra oil. Get, your, get close to the word. Wake up to the fact that I'm coming home. And not only that, but do work. Do the, as much work as you can to have a relationship with me so that you can be invited to this party. Amen. So with that being said, as I wrap up, I'm going to recap on my sermon it's asking, the sermon title was, Do You Have Enough Oil? And if you don't have enough oil, this is how you gain oil. You keep the word close. It's time to wake up to Jesus' coming home. And it really takes work to follow Christ. It takes a lot of work to follow Christ. And I, trust me, if you follow these three steps, I promise you, your relationship with Christ will grow. It'll be fruitful. And you'll truly live from the overflow that God has for you. So with that being said, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I'm asked, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Victoria area, stop by one of our services. Church is way better with people. So if you're between the ages of 18 to 29, check out our Instagram at ffc.ya. All of our service info is there. And if you're 6th through 12th grade, check out our Instagram at ffc.sm. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And even more, I hope it brought you closer to God. Have a great day.